This No Jobs podcast episode is brought to you by Top Gun Backblades. All right, let's get it. Snow Jobs Nation, episode 52 of the Snow Jobs podcast, powered by Top Gun Backblades, is off and running. As always, I'm Steve. I'm talking to the juice box guy. That's right. You all know who I'm joined by. My main man, the legend, the Rick James of snow management. One of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. One of the best singers and one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Hold my drink, bitch. Mr. Jeremy Lindstrom, Glacier Snow. What's up, brother? Oh, it's another week here in Fargo. Not much happening here this week. No snow still, huh? No snow in North Dakota. The snow dome is intact over Fargo. Yeah, it sucks. It's no shit. Well, I am still pretty sick, so I apologize for the voice. It may go in and out and the occasional coughing fit if I can't mute it out quick enough. But uh, we didn't want to wait on this one any longer, all right? We got three schedules to mesh up, so we're good to go. And uh, kind of fitting. This is, a, this is a big one to wrap up season one. This is episode 52. We have officially done one year. Yes, sir. One year's worth of episodes. That's uh, pretty incredible, right? Yeah, not bad. I mean, we're rolling around pretty good, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Our year-end stats, we topped 200,000 listens across all platforms. Not bad. Not, not bad, bad for, for year one, right? For a couple snow guys talking snow. I mean, that's two, uh, two pretty, idiots pretty talking market. snow. <laughs> it's a pretty tight market. It's not like, you know, it's just snow. It, you know what? I think it's, it's a very niche market, but it's a very loyal and uh, I think very in information slash media starved thing. So you give guys an outlet that they can tune in and learn and hear from different guys around the country and Canada, you know, hear what they do and how they do it. I think uh, guys are jumping on and they, they're loving it. So we will keep doing it. Right. Yes, sir. I love it. So guys today we have the one you've all been waiting for. We teased it right before Christmas. You know, uh, this is the big one today. We have Josh Gomez, the founder of East coast facilities with us. If you don't know who East Coast Facilities or Josh is, I have to question if you're really in snow management. I mean, who yeah. hasn't heard of those guys? Yeah, you should know. You should know. They're everywhere. If you have a major distribution center or like industrial site in your area, just take a look who's plowing it. Chances are it's probably ECF. So that's, uh, you should know who they are. <laughs> Once you see that logo, you'll know it. That's it. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a big deal. You know, ECF, you know, they're pretty much what the, I'd say the biggest dog in the fight, right? I mean, is there anybody out there you can think of, Jeremy, that's bigger? Not that I'm aware of, I guess. No, honestly. I don't think so. I think Not they are the biggest that. dog, right? They're a big dog. You hear about them and you're seeing everything about them here and there. So they're, they're everywhere. So, I mean, I was at that show in Minneapolis yesterday and I talked to quite a few people there and When's the show with Josh coming? When are you guys going to have Josh? And I'm like, it's tomorrow night where we're going to record, so yeah. it's coming. Everybody's so been waiting. Everybody's been waiting wanting to hear from him. Yeah, it's so, great. So, yeah, ECF is like, you know, the Goliath to your David, you know, the, the nightmare of clown shows everywhere. You know, it's uh, this is, uh, is going to be a good one. It's uh, You know, and the, the interesting thing is that they're a relatively young company by industry standards, yet they're just steamrolling. You know, they're, they're just – taking snow and ice management and facilities care in general, you know, they're taking that world by storm. You know, I think, I think he said seven years, seven years old. Yeah. That's what he, that's what I think he said, but I'm sure he'll so let us know. That's incredible. Like that, yeah. that's incredible. Definitely. And yeah, it's, they're on a roll and they got a good model and they're, they're bringing it out. They're, 
they're showing the world. Yes, sir. But yeah, guys, if you haven't had an opportunity to hear Josh speak or you don't know him personally, you know, just strap in and get ready, get your popcorn out. You know, Josh is pretty much all gas, no brakes, you know, zero filter. And he's got no problem telling you how it is from his point of view. All right. So grab your popcorn. You know, this is this train is going to get moving. And uh, before we do that, though, let's get uh, pay the bills out of the way and hear from Team Top Gun. Gentlemen, let me tell you about the best kept secret in the snow game. Top Gun backblades. Our All-American blade is the largest and strongest pickup truck plow on planet Earth. We're talking about a 16 to 20 foot wide blade that makes other snow plows look like toys. This is what peak efficiency feels like. Now, you can do more with less. We're currently offering the Fly High Edition plows with exclusive perks in honor of our late founder, Jason Yonkers. Quantities are extremely limited. Ask about our new skid steer attachment. Get your order started at topgunblades.com or check us out on Instagram and YouTube at Top Gun Blades. Welcome to Team Top Gun. All right. Thank you, Top Gun. We're back. Week in review. We'll do an abbreviated week in review because we really just want to get right into this. Nothing to really talk about, really. I mean, a couple more pushes in the Northeast last week. No big deals. few inches here and there. Uh, no snow in Fargo. So that uh, they're still stuck on, what, two or six? What are you, what are you uh, stuck on? They, they say we're seven inches, but I don't know where they're getting that at. But, yeah, there, there's, yeah, there's nothing here. We had a little mist this morning, a little freezing. So we had salters out, but that's... That's about it. Nothing, nothing serious. And yeah, they're talking in the forties this week or next week. So nothing, nothing coming. So it's like let me know. I'll fucking fly out. Let's go. There you go. Send the jet, send the jet. Jeremy will do a uh, celebrity guest push for anybody. Uh, need to do something. Well, yeah, I mean, you took a break from your busy non-plowing schedule. You know, you went to the, what is that? The green show in Minneapolis yesterday? Uh, the Northern green expo, I think it was called. Yeah. We've gone for the last three, I don't know, four or five years and our truck was in it the last couple of years but yeah i mean it was uh it looked like it was quite a bit smaller this year but it was fun hung out with the got to see the muskox guys and iron valley guys hung out with them for a while and uh also uh, storm equipment i was there for quite a while they're both bs with them guys they're always a fun group of guys they're trying to get their hooks into you oh yeah they're trying get the metal plus hooks into you you know, interestingly enough, we do have a, a video from your time at the uh, at the Metal Plus booth there, the Storm booth. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. That, that was not staged, right? That plow was really leaking on the floor? Yeah, they had a, they had a little, yeah, they had a little leak. So their, their show pony was leaking some oil, so. It was so excited to see Jeremy Lindstrom, it wet itself. Oh, I would assume, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So what else do we got here? As always, guys, keep clicking the like, subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You know, and as always, get your Snow Jobs Nation merch. It can be found at snowjobsnationstore.com. Storks Plows in Pennsylvania. They've announced that their second annual Snow Alliance Day will be April 13th. We'll be limited to 125 attendees. So all of you Snow Jobs Nation Northeast guys, head over to Storks' website and register for it as soon as the link's enabled. You do not want to miss this one, guys. And we're not going to be missing it. Both Jeremy and I are going to be in attendance, and we don't travel light, so most of the Snow Jobs Inner Circle crew is also going to be there for the day with us. You know, it, it was a – Jordan Smith was there last year. He said it was an absolutely great first-year event. Uh, it's only going to get better this year. The Storks team, they're putting a lot of work and, an, and effort into this to make this a great yearly event. It's a great learning day with seminars, panel discussions, and a you know small trade show element where you can check out equipment from various vendors. You know, there's also a rumor that Jeremy and I might also be recording a live episode at the Snow Alliance Day. So stay tuned for details about that. You know, it's a it's a great event, guys. And, uh, you know, we need more stuff like that in this industry. 
So uh, I'm glad they're doing it, and it's something local. So we're gonna we're definitely gonna support that, however we can. Got anything else, Jay? Because I want to get to this. Let's get rolling. All right, so let's hear from Muskox and Hilltip guys, and we'll be back in 60 and get into it with Josh. Hey, guys, Steve here. We're always looking for ways to save on labor and increase safety for our people. Last year, I purchased a game-changing snowblower from my company that does just that. It's called the Muskox. Its patented backdrag feature and design lets us get right up to our HOA garage doors and tight spots, clean them all right down to the pavement without scratching. This beast can also scrape hard pack going forward if you needed to. It's truly a dual threat blower. Give Muskox a call. Their staff are extremely knowledgeable and have been amazing with us. Muskox, snowblowers that backdrag. Hilltip's patented line of ice striker spreaders and spray striker sprayers are revolutionizing the winter services industry. Equipped with our H-Track system, contractors can see exactly how much material is being applied anywhere on a customer's property. Work sites can be geofenced and assigned to a controller so that the correct amount of material is always applied. A two-way GPRS communication channel allows for remote adjustment of a machine's settings from any device anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit www.hilltipna.com. All right, gang, we're back. So let's just do this. Let's welcome to the snow jobs the man, the myth, the legend, General Santa Ana himself, slayer of clowns everywhere, Mr. Josh Kamez of East Coast Facilities. <laughs> Josh, welcome to the show, bud. How are you? General Santa Ana. I love it. <laughs> we saw the army was on the move the other night going down south. Listen, our army's always on the move, bro. That was great. Always. Hey, it's a privilege to be with you guys. I really mean that. Nothing like being with people who have a passion for this industry we're in and especially the part of the industry that involves doing the work. Yep. Right. Amen. That's part, that part of the industry. So really a privilege to be here with you guys and also, um, you know, kind of be able to let some of your audience know a little bit more about myself, my organization, my team. So thank you. Thanks for the privilege. No problem. Thanks for being here. This is, here, uh, this yeah. is big. Everybody wants to hear this. So uh, <clears throat> you know, this is a very, very much anticipated episode, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And it's been honestly it's been great just texting Josh and talking on the phone here and there with him, getting to know him a little bit and, he seems like a great guy, and I can't wait to meet him in person. But, yeah, this will be a great show. I'm excited. I think we'll all get along really well, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You want to take us away, Jay? Yeah, you bet. Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about ECF and when you got started and how long you guys been in business and what you're looking for, forward to, I guess. Yeah, so we, uh, I conceived the, the model of ECF in 2012. And at the time, I spent most of my time in Panama, in, in the Republic of Panama, not Panama City, Florida. Um, at that time, <clears throat> I was kind of like sort of getting ready to exit the business, the first business that I had built. I was part of a franchise uh, group. So a few years went by before I actually executed that. But um, in 2015, we formed ECF and I sold off my interests in the business that I had before. But I couldn't plow snow. I really couldn't uh, plow snow or, or do landscape management until 2017 because I had a non-compete. And, okay. and I honored that non-compete. So 2017 is when ECF actually started, first inaugural year really started pushing snow. And of course, it wasn't going to be my first rodeo, right? I, I had already had industry experience. I got to start the game 
differently. Um, you know, when everybody starts the game of Monopoly, they each get a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars or whatever. <laughs> yep. Well, I had millions of dollars of capital to start start the game with because I exited my prior business interest. And more more than anything, I had the experience. So 2017, that gives that puts us at seven seasons closed as of December 31st. We really didn't reveal ourselves or or kind of sort of what the mission was in on the social networks until 2019. It's probably when people kind of just started hearing about us. But it was a very deliberate rollout plan, right? I mean, it was not there was mm-hmm. nothing, there was not there was nothing accidental or haphazard or frankly from our perspective as a family unexpected when it comes to the roll rollout of ECF. So um yeah, I mean that's 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 sort of the beginning. I'll give you more as we go. Yeah, you, you guys went from like non-existent to taking over the world like super quick. It was like you were not there and then you were everywhere. Like it really went fast. I mean, listen, a good social media footprint will do that for you. Not to say mm-hmm. that in reality we weren't growing quickly. Sure. But we were we were growing quickly, but we were also very skilled at being able to show the world what we were doing. And then speak to sort of a renewed model and vision for how this could be done and the right way to do it. And um, for guys like us who push snow and, and love it, I mean, it's, it's easy to gravitate towards. If Mm -hmm. you're on the other side of the line where you just want to control guys like us who push snow and make it happen in the field, you're probably not as excited about what you're <laughs> Very that's true. That's putting it nicely. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So I was told I have to ask this. You know, you mentioned spending time in Panama. Do you have your papers? Are your that's, papers no, in order? <laughs> that, that's a great question. I'm happy you asked it. I've got good news and bad news for you. Which do you want first? Whatever you want to give us. All right. I the guess. good news is that I have my papers because I was was born in the States. There you go. But the bad news is, is I was born on this side of the wall. So you aren't getting rid of me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you stuck with me. So that's great. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So what, what does ECF specialize in as far as types of sites? What do you guys target? Yeah. So critical infrastructure. So that means, um, sort of sort of buildings that they have to function they have to operate you know you know or or a lot of things break so those are like data centers those are you know heavy manufacturing sites that are just round the clock like operating it could be um petro gas and chemical sites could be power plants could be industrial distribution you know critical infrastructure the types of properties that don't shut down. We're, we're not at all interested in properties that have any window of shutting down because inherently what goes with that is sort of two things. One is, well, we can we can plow it at night. Well, that mm-hmm. in, immediately lowers the amount of equipment needed, the amount of bench strength needed, you know, the firepower needed to, to take care of a site like that. And then the second piece is, is those clients are like, they have a much higher tolerance of risk and we align with customers who have a low tolerance of risk. Yep. And when a customer has a low tolerance of risk, what comes with that? It's a higher level of service. It's mm-hmm. a higher standard of de-icing. It's more equipment. It's more infrastructure. And guess what? Ding, ding. 
it costs bigger more. paycheck. Yeah, bigger yeah, paycheck. It costs more. So yeah. that's that's the world we operate in, and specifically, our specialty is just big, big sites, right? Yep. 40, 50, 60, 100 acre sites, and I mean, we're at the bench strength now, where we could just pick those things up, like, like right in the middle, like from one day to I. I from two hours ago to now, another one just came in, another 2 million square foot site in Chicago that they want us to take over immediately from the clowns. Boom. So, and we, nice. we, we, we can do it. We can do it. We can tool up sites like that within four to six days. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much uh, market domination there when you're able to do that. Like most people could not pull the trigger like, oh yeah, I got six or seven loaders. I can throw it something like that. It, it's nice when you guys can take on stuff like that and not even worry about spreading yourself too thin. I mean, problem to have. <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say we don't, we don't worry. We, we definitely will stretch the further we get into winter and we're, we're taking on new work. We are stretching. And so everything I'm going to say to you guys tonight, is going to be what it is, right? Yep. The, the bad and the ugly. That's how I, that's how I communicate. But, um, but our worst day often is the next guy's best day. Our stretch <laughs> is like another company's like, they're like tooled to high heaven, right? Yep. So we just we have completely different standards than the average player in the market when it comes to you know tooling our sites and putting the right leadership boots on the ground in place, which is why we're very successful in the space that we're operating in. Absolutely. Right. Doing it right. What do you got, Jay? All right, Josh. Where is your guys' ECF's home base? Where are you guys located in? How many uh, snow markets are you roughly in? Yeah. So the first question is easy to answer. The second question changes every you know couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So headquartered in Allentown, Pennsylvania, that's the Lehigh Valley. It is a suburb about, it's a sub city, you really should say, of Philadelphia. It's about an hour and a half north of Philadelphia. It's about an hour and a half west of New York City. So it's sort of right in that sweet spot. It's a heavy, heavy industrial area. Yep. I'm born and raised, was born and raised in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is just south of the valley. Very rural area. I always describe myself as a country boy from Pennsylvania, and I didn't figure out I was Mexican-American until I was a teenager. And that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. So we all know that. That's so, great. But um, <clears throat> our, our markets currently, we have multiple branches in Pennsylvania and in New Jersey. We have a satellite in Delaware. We have a satellite in Richmond, Virginia. We have, we're in Chicago and we have multiple branches in South Florida, which are all tropics branches. They're all heavy landscape branches. Yep. That's, that's as of now, I could tell you that we're scheduled to move into Hartford, Connecticut, Detroit, Michigan, open an additional branch in Chicago, put a forward operating base in Cincinnati and add a branch in Baltimore all this year. That's nice. Very cool. I actually I'll jump right in there with a listener question because it, it pertains to what you were just talking about. Do you have any plans to expand into Canada? One of the listeners sent that one in. They want to know if ECF's coming to Canada anytime soon. So it's a great question. We have priced work in Canada for some of our corporate clients. Some of those are long-term, like long sales pipeline deals that that will uh, potentially come to fruition in the next two to three years. So, and just, just to make a comment on that, 
what we're do- what ECF is doing on a on a large scale is we are teeing up and lining up onboarding of big work one, two, three years out. We're not selling stuff for next week. Like, like what we're gonna do next winter, it's basically already been decided. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a different world of selling, right? Because oh, the yeah. customer already has the need and then they're just strategically phasing us in to solve their pain points. That's that's their perspective, right? Solve the pain points. Sure. My perspective is is that we're clown murderers. That's what we yep. are, right? So <laughs> we're murdering clowns along the way. We're taking them out. And uh, so to Canada, just like Chicago, just like Detroit, just like Hartford, all these markets, it's not us going there. It's a customer bringing us there. Yeah. Yeah, so you're being we requested. Know where customers take us. We don't. We don't pick a city. Like, oh, I want to plow snow in Cleveland, Ohio. Like, I'm never going to say I want to plow snow in Cleveland, Ohio. Let me go there and start prospecting the market. If I'm moving into a market, it's because three to five million dollars of revenue has already been lined up, and we're just coming in as the that's the bench, the foundation, and then we're going to grow the market from there. That's what's yeah, happening. Yeah, the customers calling you because they know who you are and what you bring to the yeah. table. Yeah. And gotcha. we're swimming in we're swimming in in ponds that a lot of people aren't swimming in. And that and that wasn't that way my whole career, but that's the way it is now. Yep. You know, we earned our way up to that. And um, you know, we're we're frankly, I will tell you that we are swimming in ponds today that maybe as much as seven to ten years ago, I didn't even know they existed. I didn't wow. even know those ponds exist. I didn't even know those were that world existed, honestly. But once you're in it, you're in it. It's the way yep. it is. There you go. Yeah, and you prove you you pr- you prove that you belong there because you can perform. You can That's do correct. what the customer needs. That's a fact. You yeah. you guys don't. You've yeah. never had a failure, right? You've never had like what yes. we saw. What? Yes, that? I've had a failure. Of really? course, I've, had, I've been wow. in business for thirty three years. If no, I, I mean no, ECF, I mean ECF. Has ECF had a site failure like what we saw? After those those major storms went through the Midwest and the Northeast, like we were seeing videos of no. six inches on a site, you know, a huge distribution. No, but I can site. tell you that um, the first the first HOA I ever sold, which is like this is like twenty years ago or something, the first one that I sold with driveways, I had to be back dragged. Yep. There was like three hundred forty units, and for some reason, I thought one skid steer would be enough for that. I failed. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I failed. I, I, mean, you. I remember sitting in front of the board and they were all, they were all, they were wondering what I was going to say. And I said, listen, let me start the conversation off by telling you I failed. Now, this is what I'm going to do to fix it. And I fixed it. And I fixed it. And I kept that contract for like 10 years after that. That was great. There you go. Sweet. Awesome. Oh, man. You got something else, Jay? Well, I just, I don't know if you're ready go. for this question or not, but. So who are these such clowns you talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love the question. Uh, I think it's a great question because, um, first of all, they know who they are. That's the first answer. They know they all know who they are. The ones who are getting offended, they're the clowns. So if you're getting offended when I'm talking about the clown club, that's you. I'm talking to you. If you're getting offended, okay. Now, the, another way to describe this is to say it's it's not a person. Right. It's not a person. No, it's and okay. it's not necessarily even a company. It's a model. Mm-hmm. It's a business model. And, and so people, oh, they get all fed. These employees that work for these companies, employees, they have no control of anything. They don't control shit. 
And they get all offended. Oh, he's calling my company a clown. Well, <laughs> when you perform the way you do, when you abuse subcontractors the way yeah. you do, you're a freaking clown, right? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the, here's, the, here's the model. Here's a clown club model. The clown club model is, is I'm going to celebrate top line revenue. I'm going to focus on top line revenue. I'm going to sell work in a space that's capital intensive that requires – it's very technical. What we do in this industry is very technical. I can't stand when people sort of sort of paint this picture that it's just, oh, we just go out and push snow and show – no, it's very technical what it we is. do. It is. Okay? Right. It's, it, and so these people go out, these clowns, they sell work. We know that they underprice work often and they can do it because they're performing the work through a subcontractor – you know, base. And so all of the capital intensive costs are on the subs. The recruiting's on the subs, the service delivery is on the subs. And they don't care because you know what? They're going to take their gross margin no matter what. So if they sell a contract for a hundred grand and they want a, a, a 30,000, a 30% 30 gross margin, let's just say, and they're going to pay a sub 70,000. Okay. Okay. That's fine. They'll do that. Now the customer comes back to him and says, well, we can only do it for 50. Okay, no problem. So they go and they find another sub to do it for. Then they take. Then they take. They pay them thirty five grand. And yep. They take fifteen. But guess what? Their margin never changed. So they don't mm -hmm. care. They don't yep. care. Their margin is is what it is, right? And and they 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 are they have over the past twenty years plus destroyed the industry. At the same time, the industry is is improving and innovating and growing and becoming more professional. These guys are like freaking leeches in the system. All right. Now, uh, if I could keep going, I want to elaborate sure. further, please. Yeah, definitely. There is a place for brokers. And I'll tell you why there's a place for brokers. If you are Jones Lang LaSalle, by the way, has the contract for uh, integrated facilities maintenance for the US Postal Service. Okay. Do you know how many post offices there are? Do you know how many sort centers and distribution points and your local post office and all those sites need to be serviced? JLL does not have the bandwidth to hire 7,000 independent contractors. And no mm -hmm. IFM does. IFM means integrated facilities management. Mm -hmm. No IFM does. CBRE, JLL, all of them. They don't have that. So it's understandable that they would need a partner, sure. an aggregator, right, to use a network. So I'm not saying that that – there's no place for brokers because that's not realistic. But there, yep. but to me is there just needs to be this revolt ground up to say, sure, you can manage the portfolio for JLL or CBRE or Walmart or whoever. You can manage it. It's, it's understandable. But you're going to pay me a fair wage and you're going to pay me when you said you would. Yep. Right? That's right. what the issue is, right? So just because of their model, their, mo their model is it's a freaking shit show, all right? It is. And honestly, they, these guys built ECF. They did it. They're the ones that did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think you hit it right on the head. There, There is a place in certain situations where the brokers, you need brokers. But at the same time, like I've said it to guys before, if you if you're not making any money on that site, why are you saying yes and taking it? Like because, get, because they get don't know paid. they're not making money. Well, there, there's the problem. They don't, yeah, know, they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. That that is a huge problem. But these these brokers are sophisticated financial organizations. Trust me, they know what they're doing. 
Mm-hmm. And and many of them, I won't, I won't, I'm not going to name names, but no, no, no. But many of them, for instance, you get a big player that starts out in Chicago and they know what it costs to push snow because they start off pushing snow. Same thing up in Boston. They start off pushing snow. They know what it costs. Okay. Some of the biggest brokers out there started as snow removal, real snow removal companies. And then they, they forget all of a sudden what it takes to operate in the space. And then they start taking advantage of local business owners. And then they act like they're doing everyone a service. Oh, we're just, we want to help small business owners grow their businesses. No, you don't. <laughs> you want to take advantage of their, their lack of financial acumen, their, their lack of knowledge in, in accounting and finance management. You want to take advantage of all that and just get them to push your snow for you. That's what you want. And that, that's just a fact. So they're, all, yeah. they're all like, oh, we're helping people. You're not helping nobody. You're helping yourself. Absolutely. For, I, for the I, most part. And for the I, most part. Not I, I, every single no. situation. Yep. Not a, no, there's no, there's no blanket statement across the board. But I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head for you know, a large portion of that, that space. You know, the one thing I did want to touch on that I, you know, we didn't know ECF, but we, we do our homework when you, when you said you were going to come on. We started asking around. The thing we keep hearing from people that know you, know ECF, and have been to you know different you know hubs that you have, is that ECF's culture is a totally different animal than most places. That your your people that work for you seriously love working there. Like you know, do you want to elaborate? Like they they the one thing I have heard, I, I think three or four people have told me this that you as an owner truly take care of the people down to your lowest employees, you take care of your employees and they love being there. They love being a part of ECF. Can you tell us a bit about, you know, the culture and philosophy that you put in place there? Yep. It's a people first culture. And what that means is that our people come before our customers. Literally. I don't care how big the customer is. All right. So putting that into practice means that the old saying goes, you treat people the way you want to be treated. That could oversimplify it. I think, I think we need to really step back as leaders and have compassion for people and really take a moment to appreciate what people are doing for us. And so one thing about me, I'm, I'm, very, I'm like a very passionate person. I'm a, I'm a bit of a fireball. You might... You know, if you don't know me well, you might pick up on the fighter in me because I am a fighter for sure. I am absolutely a fighter, but uh, that just comes from kind of having sort of a tougher upbringing, you know? Mm -hmm. But I have a sincere compassion for people. And that means that if I'm in a just people who know me well, if I'm just in a random public place, I'll strike up conversations with all types of people, older people, younger people older man, older woman, a child, you know, I, I really care about people. And, um, so that is embedded in our culture, but, but it's not just me. I can tell you that the leaders in our business, our directors, all of our directors, we have five of them and, um, the senior operations managers, like it's all the way down the leadership chain of command that we care about people. We take the time to be compassionate to the, challenges in the, in the situations that others face. So that is absolutely embedded into the DNA of the, of the ECF ecosystem, you know, and, um, 
And it has really made us exceptionally strong because as opportunities come in the door or challenges come or, you know, we face adversity, this is a team that rallies like for real, right? Like, like we could, you know, we could have a need in another market and people are jumping on planes and, and getting in trucks and driving across the country and doing what they got to do. And it's, you don't have to beg. It's just like, here's the need and boom. It's, it's like, uh, it's an amazing family, honestly. And, and it, it just comes down to some simple fundamentals, man. Do what's right. You know, don't, don't do the wrong thing. Not because you want something out of the transaction, but just because it's wrong. Just don't do what's wrong. Amen. Do what's right. You know, you, a lot of people say, well, if you do this and you do that, you'll get more out of your people. That's true. I just hate expressions like that, though. Mm -hmm. How about we just do it because it's right? What's yep. wrong with that? You know, so that's just, that's how I, that's how I um, preside over my family. Um, and that's how I, um, you know, that's how I preside over my business. Well, we keep hearing it. I mean, that, that is the, the one single thing that's been repeated from the the seven or eight people we've talked to is that your people love working there. Like that is a family atmosphere and everybody down to the lowest guy, down to the shoveler, uh, absolutely loves going to work at ECF. So, you know, hats off to you for uh, creating that. You know, that's, I, I think that says a lot about somebody is how do your people talk about you when you're not around? Uh, I'll give you this. We just hired two new account executives in the past few weeks. And we hired a, an operations manager maybe a month before that. So these are three kind of back-to-back -back management positions that have been filled. Two of them are in PA. One of them, one of them is in Chicago. And when these new team members are going through the process to where they get, they'll get to the point where they get an offer, an actual written offer letter, we provide them with the names and contacts of people in similar positions and just managers throughout the company. And we just let them start, go ahead, just start calling people, ask them their experience, you know? That's cool. And that type of culture, it's just like, you know, we, you know, the guy, we, the gentleman we just brought on in Chicago, he worked for his company for 14 years. That's not easy to leave after 14 years. But when you talk to all kinds of people and they're all saying the same thing across multiple markets and they can give you specific examples, it sure makes you feel better, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What else you well, got, Jerry? Well, if we're talking about employees here, yep. I'm going to go on that a little bit. Go ahead. So where does ECF find all it? Where, where you? Where do you get all your employees at, Josh? I mean, where? How do you keep? I mean, obviously, we, we've heard you, everybody's like a family now in your company, but where do you keep getting these employees? Because you got a you got a big staff, you got to get here, and a lot of operators, and I mean, hand labor and everything at that. So, where are you finding all these people? Because I'm sure that's one of the questions everybody's been asking too. So. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the major markets we're in, we have we have full time dedicated recruiters. Field, field recruiters, okay? So this is, this is how you staff a business in our space, all right? Number one, number one, retain your people. So your total focus should be on retaining your people because yep. if you have people cycling through your system, you can't build a business. And the same goes for customers. But since we're talking about people, it's people, right? Retain your people. So the first thing I do to staff is make sure I keep my people. Amen. And, and that, so that's, that's like making sure that you put a lot of effort into the initial hiring, the onboarding, and the training and the development of those people. With, with people who are well-paid, well-treated, 
the they bring more talent, man. They bring them. They bring mm-hmm. them. They bring them. They bring them. Now, here's another piece too that advantage that I have that 90% of the market does not have, and not necessarily to their fault, but they don't have it. My business is laden, is full to the brim with elite customers. All of it. I do not have any you know, bottom feeder customers at all in ECF's entire portfolio, which means we make a lot of money. We do. Okay. If you don't like that statement and you're listening to this, I don't know what to tell you, but we do. And because we make a lot of money, we can roll that back into our infrastructure, our equipment, our technology, our people, our benefits. So it's not like we make a lot of money to run away with it. We make a lot of money and we roll it into the business because our margins are high, okay? And I'm going to stay on this subject of where do we get our people, but I want to give you an example of this, okay? I just took over a distribution site in somewhere. I'm just going to say somewhere. Somewhere. This company's really butthurt right now about this. My price was 40% higher. Now, my price is not normally 40% higher, so I don't want to paint the picture that I'm in a 40% higher market on everything. I'm just saying on this particular issue, it's 40% higher. And the buyer came back, they're like, man, you guys are 40% higher, can take another look. We're like, that's the number. Site's underbid. It's underbid, it's undertooled. That's the problem. They signed it. They signed it. They gave it to us, okay? So we prove that you can sell at value and you can drive the right margin. And we're not taking advantage of customers. We're not overcharging. We're just charging the right number. So, so now we have more tools, right? We've got, we've got retention of people. We've got you know, a great culture where people are happy, so they're bringing in people. We've got the right tools in the toolbox to pay fair wages to our management, to our, our field guys. And then we have just a very sophisticated way of recruiting where if you if you see an ad, you know, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you see an ad, let's say, a lot of people these days are like, well, let me check this company out. Well, as soon as you put ECF into the internet and into a browser or something, you're going to get all kinds of content. So you'll essentially be able to sort of live an ECF career right in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. And then you're more inclined to apply because when you compare us to these other ads or these other organizations that you see, there is no comparison in the content footprint. There is sure. none. So those are some, I'm giving you a few things. You know, we're Hispanic too as a family, right? So in our industry and especially in, in the, you know, Steve, you know, Steve, 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 not Sean. Steve, <laughs> you know, that, um, you know, in the, in the big metros, like on the East Coast and definitely is for sure is in Chicagoland. You don't, you don't have Hispanic labor, big, the big companies, you don't, you don't, you can't, you can't function. You can't operate. Mm-hmm. True. You know, on, on scale, right? On big scale. Yep. Um, so just just being threaded into the Hispanic community the way we are, um, you know, we're the largest minority-owned uh, company in the space. We're the largest Hispanic-owned, and um, to the working guy on the ground, that kind of matters, you know. I mean, it does. Steve, probably if they apply for you and me, they're probably going to come work for me because porque yo hablo español, you know. Hundred uh, percent. I don't disagree. You know? I don't so, disagree. So with that. we kind of have we have an advantage there, is what I'm saying, you know. And, yeah. and that and that matters, you know. They're kind mm-hmm. of proud, like. In Chicago, like the guys are like proud, like wow, we got one of our own leading, you know. Finally, it's kind of, so it's kind of a cool thing. That is cool. 
Very cool. So what separates, like, I mean, there's a lot of big companies out there that do large industrial distribution centers, you know, stuff like that. What separates ECF from everybody else when it comes to how you go about handling, you know, that site for snow? Like, is it a, you know, explain your, your process that you guys just seem to do it better is what we keep hearing. So first of all, not all warehousing distribution industrial is created equal. So out of the industrial and distribution marketplace, we're probably only best served for broad number, 20% of it, okay. 80% of it. We're not best served for. And it's because they're not triple shift facilities or they just don't have the volume moving in and out of them. They're much more of maybe storage facilities Few few regs come out in and out during the day. Like that's not that's not where we're gonna shine. Yeah. So we're gonna shine in those facilities that are very busy, very active, lots of foot traffic in and out. We got one facility in Wilmington, Delaware, that we just permanently borrowed from the clowns. That um <laughs> they got five thousand people going in and out of this facility in a day. Five thousand people. Wow. Right. So so what makes us what Steve, what makes us shine, I think, is first of all, we provide curb to curb snow removal, like true curb to curb snow removal. All right. Mm -hmm. The amount of equipment that we put on the sites is commensurate to keeping that facility fully operational, pretty much no matter what gets thrown at it. Okay. So we're tooled for 12 to 15 inch storms, no problem on every single site. Okay. Um, yes, if we get a 20, 25 crazy nor'easter, yeah, it's going to slow us down, but we're still our worst, our worst day is the next guy's best day. Absolutely. Right? Yep. But we also have specialty attachments and equipment specifically for these facilities. So our facilities all have the van wing plows because we cut under the, under the trailers, right? Yep. We've got tractors that have brooms and drop spreaders for the, for the uh, sidewalk. So we're, you know, broom sweeping them putting down chemical in a very efficient manner. So just tools that everybody knows about that people, everybody has access to. It's just that sure. all of our sites have them. Every single site has these tools. And of course you've seen series, right? So we, we launched series this year. So we've got our own salting bucket now. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Just highly, just, you know, very highly specific tooling for the work. Our cadence, our approach to doing the work is it's a recipe it's it's a procedure it's a documented procedure internally of exactly how we attack these facilities mm -hmm. we're just we're just really very very good at what we do in this niche part of the space yeah no it's it, that's definitely what we keep hearing yeah i i like what, so basically the sites you're going after are sites that because you said only 20 percent of the market is suited for you guys you're going after the sites that if they have to shut down because there's a total clown show going on there that it's hundreds of thousands of dollars an hour that it's costing that oh, site. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's what you're, that's what you're built for. We took, we took over some sites mid storm a week, week, maybe a week ago, I guess it was now. <clears throat> and the, the, the comment made from the higher ups to me was if these facilities are down, there were several of them. It's one to 2 million per day. Wow. Direct loss. Direct loss. And at the time they called me, they were down. Wow. They could not move their truck traffic in the facilities. And if you saw the pictures, you would know why. Hmm. 
Well, you know, then I got a follow-up for you. What is more profitable for you, to have that site for the for the whole season or to be called to go in and do the rescue? Yeah. The first, not the latter. Okay. Yep. So yep. my encouragement to people when you're building your business is build yourself an RBI business, okay? So good, consistent customers have a consistent pattern of buying that they're going to keep you in place long term you're going to have a you know long relationship and just hit rbis with them all day long every once in a while you'll hit a home run but mm-hmm. it's all about rbis right yep i've seen so many entrepreneurs they chase the home runs and the grand grand slams and and they might hit one or two of them boom and then you know it's like but where are these guys in the stream of time because right. if you create a hole where you're losing money three years in a row and you make money on year four. And then, you know, it's like all you did was fill in three quarters of the hole you made. Right. So I like incremental gains. I like RBIs. I like sustainable business. Um, when I'm working with these buyers and we're talking about onboarding portfolios, you know, these are strategic conversations where we're phasing them in and I'm protecting my blind side with making sure that it's sustainable business. Right. Because I'm not interested it's not a it's not a secret that we're providing services on a national scale to Amazon now. So I'm gonna I can use that name as a customer. It's, it's well documented in our social media that and, and all the brokers know we got into Amazon. That's their worst nightmare for the ones that are on the Amazon account. <laughs> but you know, it it the conversations with big companies like that, it's all about sustainability because I'm not interested in you know, X tens of millions of dollars of revenue if it's not sustainable. It does nothing for me, it doesn't get me excited. It's not my world. Yeah, very cool. You want to you want to build a portfolio, portfolio. Yeah, know, like you said, you want to you want to build a relationship with your customer that's going to yeah. last long. You know, I mean, obviously, you can make quick money, but that's all it is—is is quick money. You want to make yeah. a long-term investment. We know easy come, easy go, right? Absolutely, yeah, exactly. absolutely. Jeremy, you want to do your favorite portion of every uh-huh. show because this should be good. I don't know if Josh. I don't know if Josh knows every machine he's got, but you know, you want to you want to take us into the Jeremy Lindstrom equipment portion. Oh yeah, I love the I love equipment. I, it's no uh, no surprise everybody knows I love my equipment. So, Josh, why don't you uh, give us a little rundown of what you guys are operating with out there? Yeah, we try to run a ver- a very standardized fleet actually. So there's not a lot of SKUs, but that's by design. Okay. <laughs> so we've got the truck lineup. The staple trucks are Isuzu NPRs, which are widely used in the tropics for landscape operations, but in mm-hmm. the north, they're used for like sidewalk teams. Okay. So NPR, our, our Isuzu NPRs, that's one skew. Another skew is the F-350 Super Cab uh, with the swing outdoors, eight-foot bed. That gas engines, we only run gas. Um, it has the ECF Snowfighter series package on it, which is our custom body that Ebby Manufacturing makes for us, and um, stainless steel blade and stainless steel V box spreader. Okay, and that's what we call our ECF Snowfighter series pickup. That's the F three fifty. That is the biggest or the 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 largest count of vehicle in the fleet. Next to that is the F five fifties. They also have Snowfighter series beds, but they're dump bodies. All the bodies are all aluminum. Um, in the case of the the uh, the dump trucks, they the grain bodies come off the sides and everything, so you have full access to the V box spreaders. 
Uh, so those are our, our three main truck SKUs. You know, we've got a couple couple heavy trucks. We're we're still starting to build that. We're starting to build our heavy truck fleet now for logistics. But um, uh, those are the, that's the truck lineup. On the heavy equipment lineup, there's four main SKUs. The first is for skid steers. It's SV280. Everything's case, obviously. Yep. If we haven't known that, it's it's all about case. <laughs> case has been good to us. Uh, I'll come, I'll give a comment and I'm going to provide a sort of a plug for case at the end of this, just to kind of tell you why we gravitated toward case, but SV 280 skids, rubber tire skids, very good with an eight foot box, very good with a 12 foot wing plow, plenty of pushing power. Yep. Then we go up to the 321 F compact loader. It's a 14,000 pound loader. Yep. We did have a, only two 221s they're too small for us so we cycled them out of the fleet we were just testing them mm-hmm. so sv280s to 321fs the next wheel loader up is our staple wheel loaders our six uh, 621 uh g's i think they are mm-hmm. that is our staple snow pushing machine it's thirty thousand pound wheel loader super comfortable cab bluetooth you know phone and stereo system inside sort of an air ride seat i mean it's just you know backup cameras really fuel efficient i mean just that is the wheel loader right like i i'm just ordered a couple hundred more of them then the a21 g's forty thousand pound wheel loaders they're going to push your 28 foot van wing plows another staple machine any site that's going to be Let's say 1.5 million and up, it's going to have an A21G on it. Any one, any site like that, any site that has a million square foot of dock area. Yeah, you need it. The A21G, they really are like two 621s with 16 foot boxes. They pretty much are pretty close to the equivalent of that. They are monster machines. Massive guys like us, especially you, Jeremy, because you're you're a big wheel loader guy. Oh, yeah. You get in something like that, you can destroy. <laughs> the distribution center destroy oh, yeah. oh yeah just a couple quick comments on case I'm, i just want to comment go ahead why we gravitated toward case and this is this is really very very sort of being transparent with the audience i bought my first brand new wheel loader in 2018 can you believe that i never bought a new new machine before that that's quick right. let that sink in all right <laughs> So I met with some sort of regional sales leaders with Case, and I said, listen, I need to buy some equipment, okay? I need to buy a chunk of equipment, but I'm going to need to buy a lot more next year, the year after, the year after. And I I said to him, I know everybody comes and tells you this kind of stuff to try to like negotiate a good price, and they just never show up after they get their first round of pricing. I said, but I promise you that's not what I'm doing. So I laid it out for them, and um, ECF was so new that I was asking for like four or five million dollars of credit right out of the gate. And and by the way, the business the prior year in 2018, 2017, I think we were only doing maybe six million in revenue, which which is not, you know, but I was looking for five million in fleet the next year. Right? <laughs> so um, you know, they got the credit approvals done. I they I they you know they they did the deal with me. I didn't I didn't guarantee I didn't PG it. Um I told them I'm not going to PG it. I don't need to. Company's strong enough. Yeah, and they they took risk with me, man. Honestly, um, they took some risk. They gave me the right numbers. 
uh, the dealers in the area gave me awesome service. But then that grew into a strategic relationship with their corporate office. And um, the the sort of, they're a big company with small business culture, right? They can connect with people on the ground. Um, Case and, and CNH Industrial, which is the parent, they've got this culture, which is rooted in agriculture, you know, sort yep. of like John Deere. Yep. Where they, they, you know, they connect with working people and farmers and just people in the, in the, you know, that deal with weather anomalies and good seasons and bad seasons. And so Case and CNH as an organization, they have proven that they will get around the table with you and strategize and help you build your business and help put as many of their units as they can out, out in the field. And I'm just super impressed with them. I hope the partnership never ends, but it'd be my intention that it would be a partnership passed on to my children and to our, and to our grandchildren. So we'll see, you know, people come and go, but for now we're super, super happy with that organization. I, I can't say enough good things about them. And um, I hope that they continue to have market expansion because they deserve it. Machines have been good for you. No awesome. issues with the cases. Yeah. I, awesome. I don't, we just had our first issue in five years uh, last week. That was it. Haven't had another issue in any of the case machines. Yeah, no, they're great. You you know, Josh, those cases are made in my town here. Yeah, some of them, but guess what? A lot yeah. more are being made in Italy now. Well, yeah, I know they I know they moved a bunch over now, but yeah, like the, I know the five twenty ones and the, yeah, I mean they're all stored right next door to me here when they go out on trucks. Yeah, and there's next to no case loaders in Fargo. Yeah, it's like that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, I've gone around and around with the with the Titan and stuff in town. Going, you guys got to do something. If this, you should this town should be you know, all case for you're made right here in town, but I don't know. We got a, we got a 721. I love that thing. That thing's a great machine. It pushes like a, I mean, that thing just pushes snow and it's so fast. Yeah. But uh, I, I tell you what, man, I'm a, I'm a snow guy. Like I grew up in the field, right? So if anybody doesn't understand that, who's listening, like I grew up cutting grass, plowing snow, like I'm, I'm a heavy equipment operator. I'm a, I'm a damn good heavy equipment operator. Um, I know a good machine from a bad machine, and I'm just telling you that case 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 hits it, man, for snow for sure. I think that's important that what you just said, Josh, is you, you like you said, you grew up doing the work. You were boots oh, yeah. on the ground. You weren't. You didn't start this as a suit. You know the business. You you know what those guys in those seats are going through because you've done it. So that that's oh, important. That's, that's even with my sons. Like my sons were put in the field at a very young age. Josiah's more and more stepping up as a manager now. He's he's 21, but um, these guys grew up in heavy equipment. They're grinders, and that also plays a role into our culture, right? As a business, that we're building a legacy family business here. And can you imagine a national, self-performing snow removal company that's family-owned, no private equity, no public <laughs> stock? I mean, it's it, it's it's first well, of all never existed, and yeah, it, I was going to say I don't think it exists. It will be. Wow, what a force to be reckoned with, boy. Yeah. Unstoppable. Absolutely. So to continue on with your equipment, though, you when you started out, I don't remember if it was like Snow Business Magazine by Simon or whatever. Somebody did a, a profile of ECF when they were very young. And you've come a long way because you're you're now, I believe, all Metal Plus. Are you rocking all Metal Plus plows on those loaders? Yeah, all new orders are Metal Plus. Okay. Because As you, of today. I believe in that you were... You were rocking like Snow Wolf Quattros and green snow buckets back in the day. 
Yeah. Actually, I bought at one point, I bought probably 40 Snow Wolf units I was up to maybe, something like that. And I I bought them because I needed coverage. And when you're looking at your financial statement and you're looking at CapEx of 400 grand or a million dollars, right? Yep. Um, when you have all these other sort of things to worry about, you pick your battles. Oh yeah. So, so, so Snow Wolf was the right price point at the time to give us coverage. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that those plows disintegrated in the first nor'easter. Really? They did. And, and so bad that many of them ended up in a scrap pile. No shit. Not even repairable. So I real this is the first time I'm ever saying this publicly, by the way. And the reason why I never really commented on it publicly is because I wanted I I didn't want to damage, you know, we're we're, we're pretty influential and I know you guys know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to damage a family business. Um, but enough distance has gone between me and, and them kind of our, that product being on our sites and being in our video. So I think we've got some distance now, but snow wolf for us is not a fit. It's not a fit. It would be a fit for me. It would be a fit in, I guess, I don't know, like Virginia where it snows like once every three years, maybe it's <laughs> good there. Um, but I can't have, we can't have plows disintegrating in major storms, which is what we get. We get, we get major storms on the East coast, man. We so do. It is what it is, we right? do. <laughs> so, yeah. So yes, we've evolved, but that's, that's, that's normal, right? I mean, as yeah. your business grows and matures, you know, there's like, for instance, I don't have a chief operating officer to this, to this moment. I don't have a chief operating officer and guess what? Within the next month or two, you're going to see see the advertisements go out that we're looking for a COO. Now there's this very specific criteria for that role. It's sort of a, sort of a suit type person role because of what they're going to come in to preside over, you know, their financial acumen needs to be very high and mm -hmm. their experience with those types of things. But, um, so it's like crawl, walk, run, right. As I'm building the business, I add the pieces. So yeah, Snow Wolf was fine for a week and now it's time to move on. Yeah. Do you have the infamous 80 foot metal plus that we keep hearing about? <laughs> I mean, no, ask me why. Why? <laughs> I mean, do egos build businesses? I mean, we all have egos. I have an ego, but does that actually build a business? No, Negative. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, I have an 80 foot metal plus. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Does anybody care? I don't care. I Let don't me tell care. you the problem with 80 foot metal plus is the minute that that loader goes down for an O-ring. Or something a five dollar part. Tell yep. me about how good your eighty foot metal plus is now. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> so, so even with us, like, like if we have a site where like we could really just put one eight twenty one on it, we we don't. We, we did, instead we put two six twenty ones because we want redundancy. So I think that's a terrible idea to have an eighty foot metal plus unless you have four of them on one job site. Amen. Or, or, or three of them, right? I'm just being logical here, right? It doesn't make sense. Why would you want to put all your eggs in one basket like that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Two is one, one is none. Yep. Oh man. What are you guys using for sidewalk machines? Snow Raiders and uh John Deere tractors with uh little diesel engines, the brooms and the drop spreaders. Cool. Oh, very yeah. cool. 
Jeremy, do you have an 80 foot metal plus or what? I hope I wasn't just a. No, it's not a Oh, he's all no, Arctic. We're, we're both all Arctic. Seen one. I never seen one. Oh, you're <laughs> Arctic? You're, you, oh, you use the clouds that break when it gets cold. No. When you push in a snow pile. Those, those no. Things. Well, if you if you push in ridiculously. Ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> if you're being a jerk off with it, you can break them in, the, in a pile. But uh, no, no. I, I, I've no, still I, have never broken a block in six plows. Never broken a block with an Arctic. But the whole, Jeremy the whole has. 80 foot, the whole 80-foot metal plus is just a joke between yeah, us. Yeah, it's and, a joke. Uh, from the ground it's down, it's, it's a deal we pushed. I pushed uh, with uh, Mitchell from the ground ground down here a few years ago and we're coming back from arkansas we were pushed down there and we helped him out and uh i i was out pushing his i had a i had some equipment shipped to his place and it was a 908 with a 10 foot i think I, yeah i just had a 10 foot arctic on and i was out pushing his 938 with i think it was what a 26 foot metal plus. yeah i think it was 20 foot metal plus is a joke but i was out pushing him with a 908 just so we just, that's not the machine. It's the man, Jeremy. Yeah, damn right. Yeah, damn right. It's, no, the it's never the arrow. Is... It's the Indian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, no, what else you got with thing. equipment, Jay? You got anything else for Josh with equipment or we covered uh, pretty much? Liquid. Let's talk liquid a minute. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. liquid. Yeah. So it's all, all VSI. Adopted VSI very early. Um, some of the earliest iterations, but. We've got uh, blending plants up in each region, blend our own liquid, obviously, gets pushed out into storage tanks. We're using mostly AMP. We're using Headwaters Hot in Chicago, I think, now. Mm -hmm. We use AMP on the East Coast. Yep. We're doing uh, 90-10 mixes. We don't need more than 10%. Works good for us for what we do. And uh, we do most of our pre, pretty much all of our pre-treating with liquid, and then we roll into liquid when it gets real cold. So liquid was like huge when it was super cold here in uh, January. We got some of those really cold temperatures, yep. especially in yep. Chicago. Yep. You don't have liquid, you can't operate. Hmm. So that's definitely a big part of our arsenal is, is our liquid network. We use uh, tank scan scanners. So if you go to tank scan or look it up on the internet, they create they make these scanners that you put onto your liquid silos and they actually will provide you with like real time inventories. Nice. So we have a, a cloud-based dashboard that we can look at our inventory of our liquid all across every market in one place and just know our total inventory. You, you can get an alert if a silo ruptures or, or it gets stolen. Like a lot of liquid disappears real quick. You can send someone <laughs> out because it either ruptured or somebody stole it. Right. <laughs> so just a couple comments there on liquid. Yeah. We call it program. We have those on our, our you know, a lot of well, farmers do around here, and like we do too, we have that on our fuel tank for the. It's it's the the fuel guys all know when your fuel gets a certain level, they'll come fill it up. Yeah, you know, we have it on fuel too. Yeah, yeah. so we'll That's talk. Awesome. We're gonna let's keep talking about equipment. Then uh, is it series? Is that what you call it? Your new bucket? Yeah, oh series. yeah, the series yeah, bucket. Series, nice. Yeah, so that's uh, C E R E S, and it's series is a a dwarf planet in our solar system that was found to have salt deposits and salt brine on it. No joke. So that's why we adopted the name series. And, you know, of course we get accused of, you know, we, we copied the double down, the Arctic's double down. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it is true that, that some of the features of the double down are, are adopted into series. That's, that's true. But, Frankly, the double down wasn't the first salting bucket to begin with, right? There's like plenty of other sort of options sure. out there on the market for buckets that scoop in salt. Yep. So what what kind of what we did with series for ourselves is we wanted some. I wanted something first of all, 100% stainless steel. 
Mm -hmm. So every single piece of it, the impellers, the augers, all the fasteners, all the bearings, everything, everything stainless steel, except for the wearables, which would be like the cutting edge and the skid plates. And uh, so that was a big piece. It has a built-in spill guard. So when you tip the bucket up, the salt doesn't, you know, sort of go backwards on all of your, all of your hydraulics and the pumps and all that, the rams of the loader and all that. So you know, that's, that's unique. The motors are up inside of it, inside of the, the housing instead of down below, which gives us another six to nine inches of drop clearance to get lower, which lets us get underneath trailers and cars more efficiently. So all, there's a, quite a few designs in the geometry and just how it was built that the materials it was built with that we thought dramatically improved on what was available. Not to mention that we can control production and the costs because it's ours. I paid for the design the engineering and i had it manufactured you know currently in a faraway place but i am going to be bringing it stateside soon so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have it manufactured stateside uh hoping this summer to do that and now you- was the series is that basically just for ecf use or is this the product you could see out there for sale soon it, it eventually uh, will become available to the facility care network and, gotcha. and more for facility care network members to have them on sites they're doing for ECF. Gotcha. And there so is you keep, a, you're keeping it in the family, keeping right. it in the family. Gotcha. And there is a series one yard bucket coming. And I'm hoping to have that done by June. So I'll give you guys a special announcement that nobody knows about. Not even my employees know about this. Oh, here we go. Yeah, nobody knows about this. (laughs) We love that. I don't even know if Josiah knows about it. He's in the other room. He might run in here if he hears this. So I know the Clown Club is going to be very excited about this announcement as well. But we did rent a very large – we did um, reserve a very large booth space for the Sima show this summer. Okay. So – like an 800 square foot space. Okay. And so what are we going to do in this, this booth that we have set up or that we're going to set up? Um, the vision is first of all, true weather will take a piece of it because I think you guys know I'm the managing yep. partner of true weather and they're, they always go to the Simon show. So they're going to take a, p- a piece of it. But my goal is to create a facility care sort of meet and greet spot um, let people better understand what facility care is and then have some of these custom attachments that we built there on display at the show. Sort of create like a broker killer's hangout area. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sent us a soundbite what it's like working with brokers. Hold on one second. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It is an up at dawn, pride swallowing siege that I will never fully tell you about, okay? <laughs> Help me. Help Amen, me. Tom. Amen, yeah. Tom. That's it. Josh, do you want to touch on facilities care? I mean, because I don't know if everybody in our audience knows about that. Like, do you want to, you want to leave that alone? It's up to you. Let's stay 30,000 foot on it because it's, it's, like a, it's like a rabbit hole, I think. Listen, facility care is our managed services business unit which is a fancy way of saying it's our broker side of our business. Now mm-hmm. you've got a guy who invented the hashtag broker killers and clown club, all of which originated with me. So when you <laughs> see people talking about the clowns and the clown club, yes, that is an ECF original. But, but my side of this story to launching facility care is that they made me do it. 
they made me do it. Okay. And so facility care is, it's sort of a a means to an end. It is built to handle multi-site locations for customers where ECF brick and mortar site branches are, are not currently existing bring partners in to handle those sites. It's good work. It's ECF work. So it's good work. And, and simultaneously take care of our customers, but then use it sort of as a tool to scale ECF. Because now that I have multi-market market coverage capability with facility care partners, I can keep scaling ECF up parallel to that. Mm-hmm. Couple quick sort of misnomers out there that, you know, concerns people have brought up have, have said, well, well, if you give us a site and then you come in our market, will you take it back? Well, the answer is not unless we told you we were going to do that to begin with, right? So everything's above board, everything's transparent. And the second answer, answer to that question is we're sending work out to facility care network members right in branched territories where we already have branches because we can't take all the work. Mm-hmm. So there's too much work. There's so much work and we're attracting more and more and we attract the right kind of work. So we may as well keep it in the family, keep yeah. it where it belongs with people who do this for a living and want to get paid a fair margin and deliver. So that's sort of the gist of the facility care network. There's three pillars. The first is the networking piece of it, networking with like-minded people. The second piece is having access to purchasing programs and purchasing cooperatives. And the third piece is opportunities to have work, to get access to work and not just any work, ECF level work and be backed by ECF when you're doing it. And correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Now, facilities care, you're negotiating basically ECF rates too, right? You're still, you're basically a broker for, for keeping it in the family, but whoever's in that family, they're getting better rates than they would for, you know, if they did business with some of these other brokers. Concho. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they couldn't, they couldn't even sell this work at the rates we sell it at because they don't have, you know, they don't have the, all the boxes checked that we have. I mean, we just have, we have a lot more boxes checked than people even could see on, let's say like a LinkedIn, you know, yep. you just can't see everything that when we go into a sales meeting with a customer, they get to see all the boxes that are checked on, on a social platform. You get to see the boxes we let you see. You understand? So um, so we we just demand and deserve a a very strong rate because we are delivering real value to our customers. We're not just showing up and plowing the snow and doing a great job. We're delivering a, a very sophisticated safety structure, management structure, back office support, weather and forecasting, you know, environmental management. I mean, there's so many pieces we bring to the table. Diversity, because we're, we're a diverse supplier. We bring so many pieces to the table that it's just, it's formidable. It's formidable. Good for you. Good for you. You know what? Let's let Josh get a drink. We're going to do some commercials here and we'll come back because uh, we got a lot more to get to, but I want to get the commercial breaks out of the way. So we'll be back in 45 seconds, guys. Make your business more profitable with Hilltip spreaders and sprayers equipped with our H-Track two-way GPRS tracking and control system. To learn more, visit www.hilltipna.com. Take on winter's worst with the world's best, Hilltip. Guys, if you followed the show lately, you've heard us mention the Plowride snow stakes. Well, now that I've tried them, I have to say I'm a huge fan. Installing traditional snow stakes is time-consuming, expensive, and if you're using fiberglass, just downright dangerous due to the splinters. That's where the Plowrite marking stake system comes in. Their patented installation tool can install up to 450 stakes per hour. 
The steaks are made of hollow polypropylene, which will not crack, break, or splinter. They have three different size options from 26 to 46 inches. Come in five standard colors, orange, green, blue, red, and hot pink. Best of all, everything is 100% made in the USA. Log on to plow-right.com and order yours today. Be sure to use the promo code SNOWJOBS at checkout to save 10% off your order. All right, we're back, guys. Let Josh get a little drink there, rest the throat a little bit. Yeah, we're not putting a time limit on this, so we're just going to, you know, you tell us when you've had enough, Josh, because uh, otherwise we're, we're loving this. This is great stuff. Well, I don't, I don't want the uh, the viewers to be any of the viewers to be or listeners to be offended by this, but you guys know that I'm working on a pour right now, right? A what? A pour, a whiskey pour. Whiskey oh, pour. yes, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, at this point, we're just hanging out. So there we go. Well, that's perfect. Just, you're probably just going to ha- have to hang up on me at this point. So. <laughs> no, good. this is listen. This is great. A lot of people they wanted to hear this, and you have not disappointed. You know, you're. You're spitting fire, and uh, that's what it's great. Uh, I want to know, where do you feel the industry is headed in the next 10 years? I'm, I'm obviously going to be biased in this statement. Sure. From um, your point but, of view. But I, want, I want to tell you what I truly believe. I truly believe that – let's back up. Let's, let's wind the clock back a minute. Our industry somehow along the way – lost its way the snow and ice industry lost its way and we began to celebrate big and revenue instead of plowing snow and de-icing and delivering service in the field to our customers the look at the top 100 list look at the top 50 look at the top 25 all right not every company but plenty are joke companies. They, they are not snow removal companies. They're not. They're paperwork companies. They're management companies. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't do what we do. So our industry has lost its way where we have become a group of people that celebrate revenue. We celebrate, we have become an industry that celebrates brokers. Okay. Saima, look at the board. How many brokers are on that board for Sima? There's okay. a bunch. The next question. <laughs> All right. So, and I don't really know what ask ask us composite really is too much, but we've lost our way. This is my this is my view. We've lost our way. We're not celebrating what matters, and you know what matters is plowing snow and treating ice and and taking care of our people in the field and being innovative with operations and building safety standards and environmental impact standards. And that, that, that's the stuff that matters. Okay. This, Oh, we built a hundred million dollar company because we bought 87 businesses and slapped them all together with 87 different cultures. (laughs) And we, you know, we're polishing our turd and we're calling it X. Like that doesn't do anything (laughs) for me. Okay. So, so here's what the future is in my opinion. East Coast facilities is going to rise. It's rising. It's going to put snow back into the equation. What's going to make us powerful and sort of infamous is going to be the snow plowing capabilities, the service delivery capabilities. And put take put my logo there or take my logo off, I don't care. But I think that's what we need to celebrate is 
um, success in doing what we do for a living, plow the freaking snow. All right. So I think that this, this, we're doing a ton of educating education with the buyers, a ton. And we're, we're helping buyers to see you don't need these big national brokers. You can partner up with re, like strong regional guys. And those regional guys, they can subcontract some of the one-off sites. And you're going to be way better off than working with these freaking clowns. You're going to get better service, more consistent service. You're going to pay the same money and more of the money is going to make its way to the boots on the ground. Right. And that makes all the difference in the world. 100%. So I see... And I'd love the privilege to really be the, the tip of the, the, the spear on this, but tip of the sword, I see a future where we're going to bring snow back to the snow industry, snow removal back to the snow industry as something we celebrate. That's what I say. I That's where it. I think we're going. I love it. You, know, you mentioned that ECF is going to rise. Is there anything, you know, you guys are just steamrolling right now. Is there anything that you see as being able to stop your momentum? There, there are things that I'm committed to committed to not doing but i could become greedy i would say at 46 years old that that i haven't formed that habit yet i don't think it's going to miraculously form and frankly i'm already independently wealthy so it's not like i've got new money sitting here today right i'm I'm in pretty good shape but i could lose my way and become greedy as a leader my sons could lose their way in, in how they were raised in the future and abandon the core tenants of our, our business culture, that could happen. So I think, I think what could happen, Steve would only be self-inflicted wounds. So not likely, nothing likely then. Cause you sound like you got that shit pretty well hammered down. Listen, man, we're, we have well over a hundred million dollar business and we haven't even, we just haven't onboarded all the work yet. Yeah. And, that, and we're just getting started. I mean, I've got a hundred million dollars of revenue to onboard. That's already teed up for me, easily, easily, like on top of what I have. Jeez, it's wow, literally awesome. just me phasing it in to the business. Feeding it in, and yeah, you yeah. poor guy, I mean, you poor guy with all these problems. Well, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, good for you, dude. You know, was- like I went down the path of most resistance. Everybody wants to go down the path of least resistance. They build their snow business. They get their first 10 million in revenue. They realize, Hey, I can just use my brand and start subcontracting. And then they grow that. And that's fine. That's their, that model's okay. I'm not opposed to that model. I'm just opposed to what it does to the service provider. But my model is the path of most resistance. I want to do what's the most difficult. And you know why? Number two reasons. One, I love the business. I love the production. But two, you can't touch it. You can't touch it. It's too, the barrier of entry is too high. It's too technical. It's too big. I mean, who's, who's ECF, when ECF's pushing 500 million square feet, when that day comes, who's going to, who's going to replace that business? Who's going to try to, who's going to step up to take out that business? They can't, they can't, they won't be able to. No, it's a huge hole. It'll be a huge hole. And if we don't betray our core values, Sorry, not yeah. sorry. You're stuck no. with us. <laughs> yeah, we're born on this side of the wall. And now you're really stuck with us. You know? <laughs> That's great. Jeremy, you got anything else for Josh? You got any more questions? I know you got something. Yeah, no, I just, this is core values and what he's bringing to the table. I, I think that ECF is going, I mean, 
that's what I say. I say it's a lot on all these shows. I don't know, Josh, I'm sure you would agree with me here, but snow removal has to be looked at as an emergency service. And nobody looks at us that way, really. We're just, like you said earlier, guys pushing snow. And that's part of the problem we have in industry where, you know, well, just guys in a truck pushing snow or whatever, you know, we don't get the respect. I don't, I don't know if respect's the right word or not, but it's like we don't get that. I mean, what do you think on, on that subject? No, we don't. And the the people that have the most visibility, you know, the broker world, I promise you. Do you know what they're selling, by the way? I'm going to tell you guys what, they're, what they sell. They sell aggregation, of course. Aggregate. Mm-hmm. They sell software reporting administrative they sell everything except the technical part of the work because they don't do it so you've got this these big voices out there in the industry and they're not they're not promoting what it is that you're talking about they're not promoting the the technical and very important critical service that we provide in our industry and so think about it though again what would it do to have a big national player that actually does the work to be able to educate exponentially educate customers in these, in these secret ponds that are out there, these little fishing holes. That's to me, I think it's going to have, it's, it's already having a major impact. I'm telling you in the industry, I'm telling you. Well, I mean, it's gotta like all these, all these sites that you have that you're taking on that you're onboarding they're not just coming to you and asking to pay 30% more, 40% more than what they were already paying. They're coming to you because there was a fucking problem. That's right. They they didn't get the work done. So now they're, they're acknowledging there's an issue and now you're able to educate them on why there was an issue and what they need going forward. No matter, you know, on national companies, that's, that's big. If you could get the point across to them that, Hey, listen, this model does not work. This model, works do it well, this way and you'll be fine well they're these past few years they're watching it happen i mean oh, it's yeah. uh it's um i mean you got to think about think about this right we've and we were on a call we were on a cell phone call with one of them mm-hmm. we we have been brought in to major facilities in the past few weeks one after the next after the next like mid storm in storm where they're still trying to piddle around in a busted ass f-350 to try to plow a two million square foot facility with it we're showing up mid-storm to take over and the customers can see the difference of the self-performing firepower that ecf has versus the paper brokers that they're currently partnered with there is no comparison no no amen how, how does that how does that make you feel josh you're sitting at home at night whatever and you get a call emergency call that we need you. I mean, that tells you, I mean, they know who the hell you are and what you what you can bring to the table. I mean, how does that really make you feel? I mean, that's, that's got to make you puff your chest a little bit and think, you know what? We are pretty badass and we can get the it's, shit done. It's actually, it's first humbling, honestly. It's, it's sort of humbling because definitely a, a, a lot of pride in the business and in our capabilities. But it, I'll tell you why it's humbling uh, and being very sincere about this. I grew up in a, in a poor family. I grew up, I didn't have any sponsors, so to speak. I didn't have, and there's nothing wrong with this. My sons have it. I didn't have a dad that started a company. 
I didn't finish high school. I didn't go to college. And I really, really worked very, very hard for many, many decades, literally decades. So it's humbling and it's surreal to be sitting in the seat that I'm in now. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. It's surreal. Like, it's like you sit back and you're just like, how the hell did I get here? You know, how did we get here? <laughs> but then it goes into that sort of, you know, I think you're, you're in battle mode. First of all, that's the next feeling of battle mode is like, let me get this, let me get this resolved for my customer. Mm-hmm. And then it's the, it's the beautiful after campaign whiskey and maybe a nice steak with your boys and you're reminiscing. And, you know, of course we're, we're all on AI on chat GPT trying to create the, the best, ridiculous looking clown art we can you know and stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) god that's great josh you mind taking a couple uh listener questions oh jeremy you got something else one more second Uh, go ahead i mean people can't see this but we can i can see it you can see it steve just i mean just by looking at josh you can go how he talks about his company everything it's all true and sincere at least that's what i get from looking at him oh yeah no absolutely but i don't obviously we're on a much smaller scale than you are but when my guys go to battle and i see what i mean i watch what they get done in the night it just makes me i don't know, sit back and look god these guys are fucking awesome when they can get done in the night and just oh I mean, yeah it just makes me so proud of your team what they yeah. can do and yeah i don't know I just, i'm just so proud of my guys when they do shit like that and i'm sure you're the same way because you're yeah you're like it's all family so it's, no it's 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 to the point to where it's emotional man it's emotional right because it's it's um you know, we, we use the expression, uh, you know, that we, we'll, we go till we bleed through our eyes, you know, like, like we just, it's, this is a very, very hard work and, um, just the camaraderie that you get out of it. And the, um, I mean, it's, listen, how, how do they get people to ring out of buds training for the seals cold and wet period right. and sleep yep. deprivation, those three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cold, wet, and sleep deprivation. Now, I don't want to oversimplify buds with just saying that, but you know that those are the top three that they get people to ring out of buds. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we live that. We live that when we're in the field. Cold, sometimes wet, and all the time sleep deprivation. Right? Yeah, all so, the time for months. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I just, I feel so proud and so humbled and so fulfilled being in this industry. I love the industry and I love what the industry does for a service, right? I love the actual work. So do my sons. So does my team. So do my leaders. And, uh, man, I just, it's just such a privilege. Yeah. That's that's why, that's why I always lead back to where I don't know. Like I say, it's it's respect. I don't know. I just, I, I get kind of mad how we get portrayed out there. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I tell I back my guys a hundred percent, and it pisses me off when people don't give us the respect we deserve. And I'm just, I, you know, respect. I don't know if that's the right word or whatever, but it's just like we don't get enough. I don't know recognition. recognition. Yeah, yeah, recognition. We we we'll we'll miss one little thing, and we're the worst fucking people in the world. You know, or mm-hmm. you know, not everybody wants to be perfect, but you're gonna you're gonna you know something might have whatever, and we'll fix it. But I mean, some people are just so fucking. You know, they get upset over one little thing. Like, dude, you don't know what we did to to get through this. I'm not looking for excuses because that's not what we do. But you know, shit happens, and but yep. I, I don't know. I just 
that's what frustrates me so much in the business world. But that's like, that's where we can be really good leaders and 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 seasoned leaders where we can respond to the customer in a professional way. Right. Yeah. And and then we can simultaneously protect our team and make sure the customer sees it, right? And mm-hmm. when a customer sees that you're willing to step up and protect your team, for the most part, it's instant respect for you because they're like, wow, this guy's sure. going to protect his team. And we will – I remember one time uh, – I'll tell you this story real quick. This is, this is tw- you know 20 years ago. We were plowing some condos in Pennsylvania in my old company. <laughs> and this board president, you know, he was, he was like a board president, one of those real active ones that just they feel mm-hmm. the need to like be out micromanaging during the snowstorm. <laughs> yep. And um, so this guy, just a real problem, right? Well, we had back-to-back 16-inch storms. And they were both, it's funny, they were both 16-inch storms back-to-back, like four days apart. Those are major snowstorms, okay? Wow. Hell yeah. The second one, my production manager calls me and he's like, Josh, come help me, man. This this got to get this guy off my back. He's I'm trying to work. He's out here yelling at me. So, sorry, hold on, I'll get there. So I get there, this board president's in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning. No, Nobody's outside. This guy's outside walking around. There's like eight inches of snow on the ground. You know, there's probably three inches on the on the roads, right? Because we're plowing. You know, it's inch and a half, two inches, you know, rate per hour falling, yep. right? You know what that looks like. Oh, yeah. Okay, what, what's the problem? He's like, well, what do you think is the problem? And he, look at this. And I'm like, well, hey, they're plowing. You know, they're getting it done. They're keeping it up best they can. He's like, you call this keeping it up? And what about this idiot over here? He points to my guy and calls him an idiot in front of me. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Bro, I'm I'm not gonna use the language that I that I because it'll be trapped in time and I'll get in trouble for it later. My my team will be like, Josh, calm down. <laughs> but basically I told this guy if he doesn't get in his house, that they're gonna find him in a snowbank in the spring. I'm gonna bury him in a, in a snow pile. And um oh. he called the property manager at two in the morning and was like screaming, like, get this guy off of me. You know, I was I was ready to destroy this guy. But that's the kind of contempt there is out there for working people doing this kind of work to that level. Oh, yeah. Just, just disgusting contempt. You know, yeah, I, I, I didn't hold myself together on that particular occasion with that guy. He pulled the lucky ticket that night. Gotcha. <laughs> let me let me ask a couple listener questions here because we actually had some uh, some questions come in that were pretty good. One guy wanted to know, do you have silent partner investors with ECF or is ECF all you? I think yeah, you I mean, covered that basically. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm the only you. shareholder. I don't have any silent investors, but I have plenty of investors, you know, gotcha. PNC Bank, Ford Motor Credit, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> capital. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another good one. What is the first thing you do when you land a new site contract for that site? Say, what do you what do you do? To get the ball rolling, uh, on-site meeting. Make sure that we level set expectations with the stakeholders. Um, now that may sound one hundred and one-ish, but understand that in our case, the on-site stakeholders they didn't buy; they weren't the buyers. The buyer, the buying mm-hmm. happened in the forty-seventh floor of the tower, right? Yeah. So yeah. now my teams and their teams are aligned, and so that means I get my people in front of their people on the ground, on-site walkthroughs. 
we review the level of service, the area of responsibility, the scope of work, um, make sure we establish what the cadence is going to be. And um, uh, once we get all that organized, we'll follow that up with sort of a memorandum of understanding. And then we start tooling up the site. Very cool. Jeremy, you got any more? Yeah, like you have, I think you already said some of this, but per acres or per square feet, you have a set what you want to put on that lot, right? What you, what kind of equipment you put in there and everything. I, I think you even might've said that, but you have like a portfolio or like a playbook, what you want to do, right? Obviously. Yeah. And actually it's actually a um, great question because see if you, you, the listeners can see if they can find it on the website, but there's something called a snow resource planner on our website. And if you can find it, you're going to hit a paywall because it's password protected. <laughs> but it's actually a page where if you go in there, you can put on your type of facility and the square footage and it tells you the equipment that's needed for it. <laughs> and the reason that that snow resource planner exists is because it's a tool that was built for the buyers so that they can compare what the clown club's putting on the sites. That's great. That's good. Smart. I like yeah. it. Well, you're transparent for the most part, you know, yeah. what you need to be. So you yeah. Know. And they can, they can use that tool to measure us and they'll see that yeah. we have the, we have the, the linear footage, appropriate linear footage of plowing capacity for their site. Mm-hmm. How many sites, I don't even know if you're, if you know this uh, with how big you've gotten, how many sites total does ECF cover across the country for snow? I won't give the specific number, but I'll tell you it's hundreds and not thousands. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what else do we have here? If it was we thousands have... for what we do, we would be the biggest in the country already. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. My hundreds are worth other people's 10,000. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Yep. Let's see. We got another listener question. How does a smaller company get in front of a property manager to explain what their company could do for them? I think that's a scale question, like a smaller company for maybe a smaller industrial, but what would be a good plan of attack for a small company to get in front of a property manager? Yeah. Let's, let's visualize a, um, let's visualize a distribution center or a warehouse together. Okay. So visualize that property assuming that that you can get to the front door without going through a security gate which is often the case <laughs> picture yourself going to the front door and you're going to open the door and you're going to ask to speak with someone and it's probably going to be a person in security it's not often a receptionist but it might be a person in security or a front desk administrator say listen i do a lot of work in the area and if you could help me i'm just looking for the right person to talk to because I provide services that a facility like this uses, such as snow removal, such as landscaping. And you could really help me out by just pointing me in the right direction of who should I talk to? Because as you can appreciate, it's a big facility. There's a lot of people here and I just don't know. So could you help me do that? And sometimes they're going to say yes. And sometimes they're going to say no. And then if they say no, then you say, listen, I appreciate the time. I'm going to think about a better way to ask you the next time I come back to see if you'll help me. And then the next time you come back, it better be with a box of donuts or something. (laughs) Smile at the person and you say, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I did a terrible job of asking you the first time. I'm going to take a second crack at it. Could you just help me to point me in the direction of who I should speak with? And once you get that contact, it's just calling that contact once every three months or six months and say, hey, just want to make sure you know I'm still here. Still here. Still interested. And I know that when you have a pain point, you're going to call me, but I need to stay in front of you for that to happen. Do that 
over and over, over and over, over and over for months, for years, and you will build as big a business as you want. Amen. Love it. Uh, We got one more listener question here, and I think this would probably apply to you in the earlier stages of ECF. How do you go about targeting the industrial and distribution sites that you wish to acquire? You know, because it's obviously not a knock on the front door type thing on the bigger. You, I, I think they're talking about the big stuff. But, mm. you know, now basically you have work auditioning for you. But when when ECF was small in infancy, growing with these large distribution center sites, how did you go about targeting what you wanted? It's not it's not going to be a fair answer for my situation when I started ECF, because when I started ECF, the first. 10 to 15 million in revenue was already teed up for me. Gotcha. Okay. It was already, it was already, it was already done. Just like when I'm sitting here telling you now, and this is preserved, this recording is going to be preserved. What I told you tonight is exactly is what's going to happen. It's already, it's already, it's already decided. It's already over. Good for you. Good for you, man. I love I know it. it sounds godfather, <laughs> but I promise you it's true. And that's how it works. If it's true, it's true. Then that, I mean, good for you then. That's awesome. Jeremy, you got anything else for Josh? Yeah. Where do you, where do you, I know you, your goal is to have your boy take over, Josiah take over. Boys. Or boys, I'm sorry. Take over uh, at some point. Any, any time frame you're thinking of that? I know it's really early, but. Yeah, so my middle son is, he's going to the military this year. Oh, nice. Good for him. Coast Guard, U.S. Coast Guard. My middle son is the one that's selected to take my spot as CEO. He's better cut for that position. Josiah is much more of a chief operating officer cut. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a, Josiah's a more gritty. He's more the unrefined side of me. James is more the refined side of me. I have a yin and yang going on here with there the, you the go. person, right? That's great. James can retire out of the military by 38. I'll be close to 65. So it's it's pretty much teed up that way that he'll come in after he's done his career there. Oh, um, so he's going full career. He's not just doing a hitch. He's going career. Oh, good for him. Yeah. What's so he want to do? It. What's he want to do in the Coast Guard? Maritime law enforcement. So he's going for an ME rating. Nice. So that sort of leads to like the, they're the tactical units of the Coast Guard. They're the boarding teams. They're the terrorist threat mitigation teams, port security, stuff like that. Good for him. Thank him for his service for us. Yeah, definitely. That's great. That's pretty cool. What else you got, Jay? You already have to kind of. You already know what their roles are. Already. That's that's pretty. Yeah, sweet. it's all it's all organized. I mean, I mean <laughs> that that issue of James leaving to go to the Coast Guard is that's his personal decision. But it's it's something that I, you know, I support, and especially from the perspective of like his plan is to return and be better developed to be a leader because you you can imagine that twenty years from now, what does the company look like? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a company that's probably doing several hundred million dollars of revenue, if not more. And so you need some serious, serious young men or young women, in in my case, men, to lead that organization and do it as good stewards. And that's what we want, right? That's what we want. This is why I'm saying in the years to come in the future, there's such a strategic plan set up and we already have 
a, a foundation and a forward momentum that almost pretty much no company has, you know, it's, it's, it's ours to ruin. So if we just execute, <laughs> it's game over. Absolutely. I was just going to say that actually it's yours to fuck up basically. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's you're great. right. Yeah. I mean, it. that's, I mean, shit, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want that to be like that? It's, it's on me, whether I win or lose, it's on me. There's no outside influences are going to have any fucking effect on what I do. It's going to be me, all me. That's it. On, honestly, I'll take that. This, this is America. And it's sort of that way for almost all of us. If we appreciate it, you know, we, true. we live in a country that we can sort of do whatever we want. I mean, obviously we have different circumstances, different bandwidths as people. Some of us calculate faster. Some of us are better, you know, at speaking or selling, you know, we have different skills and skills and, and abilities, different circumstances, but we live in America, man. America is the golden ticket. Yep. It is. You can do anything you need to do. Yep. You just got to be willing to work for it. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Comes it. Out your work. Yeah. It all comes out well, what you want to put into it. So. That's it. You got anything else for Josh, this. Jeremy? I'm exhausted you know, I'm, with my I, list. I, I, might, I might as well just, uh, well, let's keep talking about, Jane and Josiah. So both of them are out running equipment and stuff for you, I assume, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Josiah, he's a senior, uh, senior project manager. So he just is doing all kinds of stuff. Josiah is like a storm chaser. He just goes from market to market to like, (laughs) he does field training. So when he gets into a market during a storm, he just picks a group or a site or a bunch of sites and just cycles through and just does training. That's great. James is running the Chicago operation. He's pretty much the operations manager running the Chicago operation right now, which is small. Well, <laughs> it was small. It was small. Yeah. <laughs> now we keep adding sites, you know. So. Million at a time. Yeah. I, I, there was a rumor that you were uh, sitting in a loader somewhere, uh, one of these recent snowstorms. Yeah, I, I, um, I purposely drove down to a site in Virginia, and it was so quiet and so peaceful. And – uh I'm serious. It was just beautiful. It was light snow. It was like an inch of snow. And I was just like cleaning curbs and stuff, just living the dream, you know? And then I got back to my hotel room at like seven in the morning. I was up all night. I got three hours of sleep. I woke up and then the shit hit the fan, man. The the clown club, (laughs) the clown club did what they do best. And I was next, you know, I was headed north. Oh, shit. (laughs) That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Does the clown, does the clown, club, clown club have a hit on on you yet, or what are you thinking on that? Bro, they Ooh. can't see the camera, bro. They can't. You can. They can't see the camera. Do you? Do you? Who, who has a hit on who? Uh, oh, who has a hit shit. on who, bro? They. Right. You know, this is. We're not the people for that, man. We're not the people for that. I'm lawyer, I'm lawyer. Oh man, <laughs> that's awesome. They don't want to mess. They don't want to mess with you. No, I wouldn't. No. no. Oh well. I mean, Jay, you got anything else? I don't. Know, I think it was a good show. Obviously, this is what everybody was waiting for. And I mean, he, 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 he did not disappoint. He yeah, did not disappoint. Love that. Yeah, I just back. like to make a comment to your, your your audience and just say that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I just I, I just really want if I could encourage all of our peers, all of us that, that do this for a living, 
it is exciting to build a big business and it's exciting when you see a lot of iron and a lot of equipment lined up and you know it's like equipment porn right to us in the business we love all that right oh yeah i love it but um no matter where you are in your career or in your drive as an entrepreneur to build your business you know don't don't forget to stop and look at what you've accomplished and what you're doing each day taking care of your team whether it's a team of 1 or a team of 100 or taking care of your family you chose to get up every day and go to work and work for a living um you're not sitting on the couch i find in our industry that we've got some of the best blue collar family men a lot of people who have a strong faith people who care about their community and, and about the country. And uh, I want all of you guys to be proud of yourself. And I want you to, you know, don't think for a minute that guys like me, you know, some of us that sit in some of these, you know, quote, higher seats, you know, that we don't appreciate what you're doing too. And, and uh, it's, 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 it's inspiring for us. It's inspiring for us to see the grind and to see, to see how this industry operates. So, Keep your chins up. Um, there's good days. There's bad days. Be proud of what you're doing. Uh, take care of people and do the right thing. Keep doing it. Uh, that's, that's that was perfect. I yeah. mean, that that's very well said. Uh, you know, and that that's the one thing before we started talking to you, before you actually reached out and said you were the IRS, you know, calling me. <laughs> that was uh, which was good, by the way. Yeah. The 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 word on you was arrogant if people don't know you and i just gotta say you are the farthest thing from that after yeah. you're confident and that can sometimes be mistaken for arrogance by people that don't understand confident yeah. absolutely i mean what don't you have to be confident about but i'm glad that you were willing to come on and i love how you just laid it out for everybody and uh i mean be confident all day dude you built this shit it's yours, yeah. you know. <laughs> Good for I you. I am confident, but I don't think I am better than any other man. No, woman, and you or don't. Child, I do not. And do you not. don't. And that well, I can I definitely I'm very good at what I do. You're damn right, I do because yep. I am. Okay, yep. sorry, I am. But that no, doesn't make me a better human being. To no. make me a better Absolutely. person. But I mean, we, me and Jeremy now, after speaking to you, for, you know, getting ready for this episode and stuff, you know, we can both attest to that. That you know, confident, yeah, yes. Arrogant? No, he is not up on no. a pedestal. He does not put himself no. on a pedestal. He is no. a boots on the ground guy. So, yeah, you know, we want to thank you for the time. Thank I mean, you. That's, guys. What we, that's what we've heard. That's, that's what I heard about Josh from all along. You know, before we even talked to him and from everybody else that he was not. I'm not going arrogant. I'm saying he always took care of his people. That's what yes. I've heard. I mean, we he always heard that. People. He's he's a great guy. That's what that's what I heard about you through the industry from, you know, people, whatever. I mean, that's yes. just what I've heard. His and that's people a, love him. That was the yeah. quote like yep. seven, eight times out of eight people. And I'm not here kissing his ass. I'm not, you're kissing no. your ass or doing anything like that. I'm telling you straight up, you're, what I, what I see is a great guy and a Thank great man. And um, yeah, you're killing it. And, yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, Keep killing it. Keep killing it. Cause I mean, you, you winning is better for, I mean, honestly, you winning out there is better for everybody because there are guys out there that are going to have to do work at some point for brokers. So you making them bring their, their game up or their prices up, that's just going to help everybody. That's so, right. 
I got zero issues with that, brother. <laughs> Good for you. You keep doing well, what you got to do. Got yeah, anything I else, think, Jay? No, I think we got a good friendship here, and we're going to keep it rolling. I think so. I mean, it's it's great for the industry, and uh, you know, I hope that we'll hope to have him back on the show, and obviously, and see how he's growing. Yeah, you want to come back? You can always come, come back. back. Give us I'll an update in the um, in the f- summer or fall, and by then we'll have all the um, sort of awards and purchase orders in place, and we'll be able to tell you what damage we did this year. Perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun for it me. Will be, it'll be a lot of fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> it will be it will be clownish. The good work, guys. You guys are doing great work with this. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah. We definitely appreciate it. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it then. The season finale, season one finale episode is in the books. That's gonna be a wrap for episode 52, guys. Jeremy and I, as always, want to thank Josh so much for coming on with us today. You know, he's a busy guy, doesn't have to do this, and uh, also for being so candid with us. I mean, I don't think uh, we we didn't ask really anything that we did not get a straight answer to, so we appreciate that. We wish Josh and ECF all the best and continued success in the future, which not that they're going to need it. They seem to be doing just fine on their own. But uh, that is it for us, guys. That wraps season one of the Snow Jobs podcast. One year is in the book. 52 regular weekly episodes are in the books. Cannot thank every one of you enough for all your insane support of both of us and the show over this last year. You know, you guys are absolutely the reason we're doing it and keep doing it. You know, this shit is not easy, guys. The bigger you get, the harder it gets to keep pumping out quality every week and the more time it takes out of our lives to make sure this shit doesn't suck. All right, so (laughs) you guys being so amazingly loyal to the show and the support and love you show Jeremy and I, uh, you know, is what keeps us going every week, you know, gearing up for it, making sure we're bringing you stuff that you want to hear. And that's it for, for those of you keeping score for one year across all listening platforms. We just actually, as of today, went over 200,000 listens across all listening media. All right. So, uh, you know, for Jeremy and me, we want to thank you guys all. And uh, here's to an even better season two in the year to come. So everybody be safe out there. Make that white gold. Thanks to Josh again. Keep pushing.